I'm just like trying to remember what happened at the end of Volume Five. The end of Volume Five. Yeah. Did anything happen? Exactly. That's... No one knows. It, uh, Raven's the maiden. But like that that felt so like Volume Five does not feel like it occurred. Mm-mm. All right. Oh shit! Is this the cold open? All right. Uh, welcome to Fools and Fiction, the podcast where my friend Joe and I talk about fiction. We are the fools. For once. Um. Oh, let me adjust the a bit. So, this episode we want to talk about why we liked Volume 6 of Ruby so much, uh, especially as compared to Volume 5. So, spoilers for Volumes... Yeah. Volumes all of Ruby. Volumes all. Um, so, I got some notes here on my phone. Do you want to start? Sure. Uh, yeah, so I was supposed to... So, the way that I think about Volume 5 is we had all these, like, big world events going on but not a lot of focus on the characters and how those big world events impacted the characters it's like it took forever for us to get a new revelation and then like it just felt like we were always just leading up to some new revelation that while of course it impacts the characters it doesn't like we don't see that as much whereas in volume six we got all the world building out of the way or all the big world building stuff out of the way at the very beginning, the first two episodes. Yeah. And then the whole rest of it was dealing with how that affects the characters. So I, I really like that. Yeah, Volume 5 just, like, doesn't... It doesn't sit right with me because... So, Volume 3 was, like, a lot of inner character stuff leading to, like, a head. Mm. And then Volume 4, like, the gang splits. Um, and so we see what they're doing with their lives. But, like... Volume 5 doesn't begin with the gang coming back together. Like, that happens towards the end. Yeah. Um, and so, like, there's this weird part of Volume 5 where I'm just like, uh, I guess things are happening. Like, I, I didn't care that Vernal was a character. Yeah. Uh, I didn't care that, like, Crow and Raven could turn into birds. Like, and with, with splitting up the... Oof, I just fell backwards. With uh, splitting up the, the, the team... I feel like that's just like well, while it made sense in the in the context of the story, it's just like not what we come to Ruby to see. We like to see these characters interact, and when they're not, it's just like fundamentally, oh, that's not very satisfying. Yeah. Um. That also, I think that um, I, I like this isn't to say that good things didn't come out of earlier volumes. Like, mm-hmm. I thought Oscar interacting with Hazel, like that one scene where where he's waiting for a train. Um, and, like, Hazel, like, he's trying to get a ticket, and Hazel just beats the crap out of the machine, so it gives him the ticket. Is, is Hazel the one with the, with the rabbit ears? No, it's the big old guy. On oh, Tuesday. right, 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 Like, it's right, right. large boy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought, like, uh, just Hazel in general was, like, a cool character, but, like, other than that, volumes four and five, I was just like, oh, okay, like. I liked the, in volume four, I liked the Im- improvement in the animation. And a lot of the... Yeah, the I can't spoil nice. that. Yeah. Uh, some more stuff I have here on my notes. Just volume, uh, volume six had really good relations between the characters. I've got a list here. Crow and Ruby. I thought, like, Crow finally, like, 
or I mean the story finally addressing Crow's like alcoholism and being a terrible role model. Well, my <laughs> I was I was talking with um a couple of other people on this where we were like uh the the, <laughs> the interesting thing about Crow is like in all of the volumes leading up to volume six, you assume he's like a fun drunk uncle. Mm-hmm. And then like you watch volume six and you're like, wow, Crow almost killed all of Team Ruby. Yeah, yeah. Because he wanted that liquor. Yeah. So I thought that was good that it was like Crow actually has problems. Yeah, um, and, and, and we learned a lot about Ruby by her like standing up to Crow in that way. <laughs> you look down at your phone as if you had like dropped it on like the essence of the podcast. It's like, oh no, is it broken? I was, I was just like, oh no, has has the uh, the fourth wall been shattered by dropping my phone? Uh, anyway, I think it was it was it was a nice side to see to Ruby as well. Like she really felt like a leader, you know, in that way. Ruby felt like a character. Again yeah, yeah. In volume six. Um. She, she um. She like interacted with people in ways other than like i'm the leader now or like hey go fight like she actually had like actual conversations especially with uh maria yeah yeah which uh thank god we had maria in this volume what a great character Mm -hmm. um especially the whole thing of silver eyes has been like a mystery since I mean like the first episode where Ozpin's like you have silver eyes mm-hmm. and we're just like yeah Ruby sure does have silver eyes why are you saying that um and it's still a mystery right it's like one of the last big mysteries well we don't know like why it happens or anything but like we know more about it yeah but it's like there's some sort of like fate aspect to it that we don't quite understand that's fair well, yeah. I mean, I feel like the idea is that they're going to kill Salem only through the silver eyes. What? No uh, way. But if it's if it's not that, it'll be interesting. Feels like... You've seen The Matrix, right? I've have seen you, Matrix. Have you seen all three? No, just the first one. Okay, so there's this part in the third uh, Matrix movie. Spoilers for that, I guess. Where uh, it, it feels very much like what's going to happen where uh, Neo confronts like the Salem of that series mm-hmm. and like just kind of doesn't win in the way we expect, which is what mm. I hope is going to happen here. Like, I hope the Silver Eyes, like, crap out, and then they have to, like, just beat Salem to death or something. Do you remember why they think that Salem can't be killed? Uh, uh Jin says so. Ozpin asks Jin how to kill Salem. Right. Jin is like, right. bad yeah, news. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that why Jin was, like, introduced in the overarching narrative anyway? Well... I think she was introduced to, like, explain Ozpin's past with Salem, mm-hmm. uh, which, yeah, yeah. that like, is a consequence uh, of it, mm-hmm. which I also love Jin. Like, yeah, she's, she, we see her, like, twice, and she is great. Well, and the problem is, like, I, I thought, I, I heard about her uh, when I wasn't, like, caught up, mm-hmm. and so I was like, oh, damn, like, another plot convenience character. Uh and then we saw her, and, like, I thought it was pretty interesting, um, the way it interacted, so. Yeah. Uh, going down my list of some character relations that are in Volume 6, of course, we got Blake and Yang, who are, like, 
So before before volume six, I don't think I really shipped any of the characters. You were a fool. But by the end, and we would have a full episode about shipping. I know Chris said he might want to join in on that. He did. Yeah. To Neat. provide to provide some counter arguments. Um, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something he'd do. But uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. By the end of volume six, I like this is like. This is my second biggest ship of all the ships. My, do you know what the biggest ship of is, mine is? This is the first one, Yuri and uh, uh, Victor. Shit! This is the third biggest <laughs> ship. Do you know? Do, I that's don't the know. Second. That's I don't the second. know the first. Then it's it's Elizabeth and Mister Darcy from Pride and Prejudice. Have you read that? I'm gonna lie and make my English teachers feel good <laughs> and say yes, I did read it. Um, I probably read it at some point. Whether or it's not good. I remember it, it's good. Uh, yeah, I've been Team Bumblebee since the very beginning, uh, and there's this, there was a lot of, um, Sun and Blake stuff, uh, in Volume 4. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, no, please don't. I feel, Um, I feel like they're, they're like good friends, but I don't think... Yeah, which, like, at the very beginning of Volume 6, uh, that felt like it got established where, uh... Son is just like, yeah, I got a dip. And, like, it felt very much like they were good friends again. Uh, and so I was like, alright, now it is time for Bumblebee. There also felt like uh, Ruby and Weiss stuff was a little bit more there. But, like, there was... In, in Volume 6? Yeah. But yeah, there was yeah. definitely uh, Blake and Yang. And, oh my god, I'm so happy. Speaking about that... Another thing I liked about Volume 6 was the fights were just really good, especially the fight with Adam. That was, like, the best fight I've seen just, like, ever. So, fun fact, I the one piece of research I did leading up to this episode mm-hmm. was I went to the Ruby Wiki, and I looked up at Adam, and his status is declared deceased, mm-hmm. um, which, thank God. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I would be so pissed if they brought... Oh, back. they they cannot. It, he he ooh. pulled like a complete Javert and just like fell off hmm. and definitely snapped his neck at the end. That fight though, the like every impact, like I could feel it. It was just like and like while and I think this is a problem with a lot of like superhero esque fights that impacts don't feel real because like in this case they've got um Aura. Aura, yeah, thank you, I forgot what it was called. Or in other media, they just like are like very strong and resistant. With with this, even though they have that, there was so much like emotion behind every little thing that it made all, like every hit. Just like you felt every impact. It was just so good. There's also like really good dialogue during mm-hmm. it. Like I thought it wasn't quite banter. But, like, I think Yang was like, oh, man, his semblance is, like, bullshit mm-hmm. uh, when she was told about it. Like, I have to actually suffer for mine, and his is just, oh, man, look at my cool sword. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I definitely felt like Yang was the voice of the fandom in there. Yeah. Um, and so I loved it. It was a good fight. I'm kind of curious what happened to his eye. Like, I'm not. He's dead. I don't need to think about Adam <laughs> ever. I mean, fair enough. I just, like, he had, like, a number stamped on his eye, right? I don't even remember. It's out of my head. Yeah. (laughs) 
I, I can sympathize with no, that. No, no, no. That, 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 would, that would be interesting to, to, to see more of his backstory. Just as long as they don't actually bring him back. Yes. That's fair. I'm I'm worried what's going to happen with uh, the White Fang mm-hmm. slash the Faunus in general. Yeah. Because uh, last we knew it, like, Gira and, and Kali were taking all of Menagerie and, like, going somewhere... I forget where they were headed, um, to to beat the White Fang or to sh- I don't know. That's why Volume Five wasn't good because I God only knows what happened in it. Um, but the one thing I do remember is uh, that Adam killed the uh, leader of the White Fang. Uh, yeah, Sierra yeah. Khan, I think. Yeah, yeah, I th- something I think like that. I know it's a Sher Khan joke or reference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they don't have a leader, uh, and that's not great for a revolutionary force that has had like three leaders in pretty rapid succession, I think, especially yeah. with like really different ideologies. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen to them. I don't think we're going to get to know because we're in Atlas now and, uh, God only knows if there are fondness and atlas that are like important. Yeah, I have no idea how we're gonna how we're gonna learn about that storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh let me look at more of my notes. Um Oh speaking of uh some uh, or not speaking of because we weren't just speaking of it, but speaking of new characters. Okay. Uh Terra and Saffron are excellent even though we just saw them for one second. Oh my god. What a beautiful relationship. First of all, I declare Volume 6 the volume where the lesbians just won. Um, Because we got our first openly gay characters, I think. No, Ilya was gay. But we got our first gay couple, um, which was phenomenal. I thought it was just a cute couple in general. Um, Yeah, and having them as just like civilians is also a really good way of world building yeah like they're normal people yeah like we didn't know any civilians really like everyone had such a big important role yeah everyone was like uh in training or a real hunter or like something Mm -hmm. um so yeehaw we we got real people that like don't have any training and just doing their normal people jobs yeah and and uh and who I assume was Pira's mom, she's another civilian we met. Maybe we. Uh, who I think it's Pira's mom. It could be Pira reincarnated. No, like some people. Yeah, I I think. I think th- I think that scene was supposed to be like a send off. It should Pira. have been. I uh, but also, they could do anything. That could have been Adam's mm-hmm. mom for all we know. And, and we just never, we never learn. Yeah, yeah, it's like never that. told to us. Uh-huh. Um, gosh, there's, um, oh, the other big new thing that we got, and I hope it's in your notes, otherwise, uh, it, you fool, um, is that we got our first real look at Summer. Oh, that's not in my notes. That is important. Fool that you are. Um, we, which for most people, I think I'm a little upset that we got our first real look at Summer, who is like a pivotal character, 
only in volume six. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen her in the picture of Team Stark. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, like, I heard about that. It's, I mean, at least we got to see her and, like, comprehend her more as a character. Yeah, I think it's, I think seeing her is kind of them starting to really, like, flesh out Ruby even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like, they've already done a good job in this volume with her relationship with, with uh, Crow and with Maria. And I think if we're just starting to get her relationship with her mother, even mm-hmm. in, like, some, some backstory stuff, I think Ruby's starting to become, like, a, a real character. Yeah, because, well, the thing was, they did a lot of, um, like, uh, familial stuff in Volumes 4 and 5. So, like, Blake went back to her parents. Um, yeah. And Weiss uh, went back to her shitty asshole dad. Um and then uh, Yang was, uh, she met Raven, and before that she was with Taiyang, mm-hmm. uh, getting over losing her arm. Um, but we didn't really have anything with Ruby. We had a little bit with Crow, but like nothing to the extent yeah. of everything else. So I really hope they start doing more stuff uh, with her. Yeah. Something else I want to see as they go forward is more insight into Salem. I feel like what we got from Jin's vision wasn't nearly satisfying enough for Salem in particular. Like, I just don't understand her motivation, even after we got her, like, comprehensive backstory. I I think, like, the motivation we're supposed to have now is that she doesn't want the world to end or something like that. I, I because th- wasn't it that like hey uh, we're reincarnating Oz and like you can call a call us the gods at any point and see if like life is worthy again, right, 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 right. But like she does it in such a bass backwards way that like wait explain that so Salem is trying to destroy the world such that no it's like what it. Yeah, explain this to me. I I can't explain it because I don't... It, it's the one thing I think that wasn't really well explained, but, like, the gods resurrected Ozpin. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, hey, we're testing out whether or not humanity's, like, worthy enough to continue on. So, like, at any point, you can call us again, and we'll do a checkup. And, like, if you've done well, humanity lives. And if you you know, mucked it up, we're gonna destroy everything. And, um, Salem started, like, dating Ozpin again, um, and they had kids, and they, right, she right. wanted to, like, rule the world, um, so Cause, I... Because they were powerful. Yeah, um, might makes right kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think her end goal is, like, just to either rule the world or just prevent it from being ended. I don't know. That's I agree with you because that's like, I won't say that's a shot in the dark, but it's definitely doesn't feel like the full story. No, I think as of this point, Salem is not nearly as fleshed out as she could be, as she deserves to be for a villain. Yeah. Um. Like, like we have so much more on like Cinder, who's not even the main the main villain. Speaking of Cinder, mm-hmm. Cinder and Neo. Uh, first of all. Uh, the new designs everyone got, beautiful. Yes. But especially Neo, um, who was a character I was so happy they brought back. Um, but 
I think they really did uh, justice with her new design. Um, and I think they're going to be one hell of a combo. Uh, yeah. Like, as as the evil girls. As kind of like a team a little bit separate from Salem, too. Yeah, because Cinder wants Ruby dead. Yeah. Um, and Salem does not, for reasons unknown. So, I think... Um, bringing bringing back like a character that also wants Ruby dead, um, because of what happened at Torchwick, which really was his own fault. Um, I can't blame Ruby for Torchwick monologuing and then getting eaten. No, yeah. Uh, so, but the point is, I think uh, the villain faction is actually becoming more developed. Yeah. Um, especially. Uh, with what we learned about Emerald and uh, Mercury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was really good to see because for so long they've just been the henchmen characters, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, we had that one thing at the end of Volume 5 where Emerald bugged out and, like, made the illusion of Salem that was really spooky. Um, but other than that, we don't know anything about them and haven't seen them that much. Yeah, hopefully we get more of them in Volume 7, whenever that may come out. Uh, Lord only knows. Um, probably in a year. Oh, God. It's going to be a year. <laughs> it's going to be worth it, though. But what else do you have on the list? Uh, that's all I got on the list. Well, besides just Cordovan was fun as some comic relief. It's always good to have comic relief in, in Ruby. <laughs> I loved the guards. Oh, my God. I, I forgot about them, actually. They're... They're truly the best characters we've had introduced recently. Yeah. I feel like with uh, just like the tone of the show, they were starting to, like, before Volume 6, they were like, oh, like, so the show started out, like, theoretically dark, but, like, storyline-wise, but the tone wasn't dark, and then it got darker and darker and darker and darker. And I feel like they're realizing that the, like, soul of Ruby is not as dark as, as the uh the limit of the function yeah (laughs) and now they're bringing it back up again so it's like it's just much more entertaining and enjoyable to have some comic relief yeah i i think we need more wholesome moments as well Mm -hmm. to like i think um yeah yeah definitely at the end of volume four where like nora just puts her head on ren and uh they're now officially a couple shrug um that was really nice and a really good like catharsis for them and for us um but i think we need to have uh a break we should have a break too coming up cuz we're in atlas now right i have no idea what they're tra- what they went them what excuse me what they went there for i think they went there for the other relic yeah that sounds right <laughs> that's i mean the relics are the MacGuffins as of right now. Yeah. Well, I guess that besides my just like general lack of memory, assuming I had good memory, it, I think it's telling that I can't remember what the purpose of the MacGuffins is, you know? Yeah. And, and, and how much like we watch fans of Ruby, I think this might be an overgeneralization, but I think they watch it because they love the characters. Oh, yeah. And the plot exists for the characters and not the other way around. And I feel like that's. That was the mistake Volume 5 made. Mm. I was, um, 
Evan is watching Ruby uh, mm-hmm. now, and we just got done with Volume 3. Uh, and so we were having, like, a bit of a discussion. He's like, it doesn't have, like, a plot as of right now. It's just a fun show with cool characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's uh, not quite accurate uh, with Volume 3. I think they, like, tried to have plot in there. Uh, but I think that that, in general, speaks to Ruby, where, like, I don't care about the plot of Ruby. I care about these characters. Yeah. Um, and I think it's nice that they have a plot, you know? Yeah. It's not just, like, Ruby Chibi the whole time. Because the plot, as I said, like, influences the characters, as we got to see throughout this whole volume, in, like, interesting ways. And you get to see how the characters shine through these, like, horrible things happening to them in the plot. Mm-hmm. And all the good things happening to them, too. I'm trying to think of uh, anything else to, like, sum it up with. Oh, one bad thing, very briefly. All right. I thought the end credit scene was not great. I don't remember what happened. It, Salem just screams at a puddle and makes a flying monkey. Oh. And Emerald and Mercury are like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> like... I, I won't say that the end credit scenes have always been the best part of the volumes, but, like, one of them was we saw Raven and Yang interact for the first time, if, although I don't think Yang knew it was Raven at the time, um, mm-hmm. and or interact face-to-face. Uh, and so I've always thought that the end credit scenes were, like, kind of interesting. And then I saw that one, and I was like, why why was this here? Like, I guess they couldn't do anything back with the Ruby gang because that was kind of, like, tied up in a nice package right before the credits. But I would have much rather preferred, like, news on the Faunus. The Fauni? Faunuses? The I Maybe it's just Faunus. I think that's right. Anyways, what they're doing Hmm. uh, since we last saw them, because they're, like, a pretty big group. Um, that declared that they were going to do something. And we didn't get any update on that for the entire volume. Yeah, that's true. I think it would also be good in an end credit scene just to see, like, something calm, like like Terra and Saffron just, like, sitting on a couch. Like, that would be the ideal. That is the ideal <laughs> end credit scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that was all I had to say. Did you have anything else? It, it was real good. All right, I'm going to... Oh, yeah, so thank you for uh, listening. We might have some guests on next week. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. Is next week JoJo's? Let me check the notes. I think it's JoJo's. Um, So if it is JoJo's... uh, It's JoJo's. Trayvon, my roommate, will probably uh, have things to say. I'm sure he will. Um, I'm going to talk about JoJo's in general, because... That shit's good. Um, sadly, I can't talk about uh, part six, yeah. which I just got done rereading, uh, because Finn hasn't read it. Uh, and it would be a big spoilers for me to say anything. I feel like we got plenty to talk about parts one through five. Yeah, that's fair. I We could do one episode on each of the parts and still not Ooh, do a lot. That's actually an idea. We could do mini episodes for each part or something. I'm fine with that. So tune in next time where we talk at least about part one of JoJo. Yeah. Maybe more.
And I'm going to stop the recording before Joe can respond, but the intro, the theme song for Volume 6 was much better than the, vol- uh, the Volume 5 intro. <laughs>